Welcome, movie fans. We're back for another Anatomy of Movie. Today, we're dissecting Ghost in the Shell, the new movie um, of this sort of franchise. We'll talk about all that, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I said sort of franchise because it is a franchise, just not in the U.S., and they tried to make it a franchise, but I doubt it will become one ultimately here in the United States. But we, uh, before we even get there, we've got to backtrack, and let's start where we always do. From the beginning, we have Marissa Serafini on the panel. Hello, everyone. And the one and only Dimitri Panos. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> hey, movie fans. And we got Phil's VTech back. Phil's back. Hey, welcome. You, welcome. And Marissa in good health. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. yes. That's right. They We're winning on all fronts. a little bit better. We have to get some uh, enhancements. That's yes. Right. Oh, That's yeah. Right. Well, I'm still working on mine. <laughs> um, so it's good to be back. It's been fun. So if you guys are um, avid watchers of Anatomy and Movie, you guys know us. And uh, so it's been a rotation for the past couple weeks. But it's good to have the crew back together. You've had our stalwarts. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What are you yeah. talking? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we if you're joining you, us for the first time, understand that this is going to be very spoiler-filled. And uh, also, furthermore, you can follow along by downloading the rundown in the description box, as well as uh, we've got a lot of pictures and we've got a couple of videos today. So um, all that is included for you within there. So check it out, um, especially if you're listening on audio. It's an easy way to get those things. Um, as we always do, let's start with overall impressions for this movie. Marissa. Um, Let's start with you for a number of reasons. Uh, One woman go first. Of course. <sighs> That's <What>? the main <laughs> Yeah, not the glaring elephant in the room, which we'll eventually get to. She's Asian, people. She's Asian. <laughs> yes, for those who don't know. Check really? us out. What? what? Asian? What? Oh. I don't see color. What's up? Um, I, I thought this film was interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure if I liked it. Or if I didn't. As I watched it, I mean, I didn't think it was a bad film, but when I left the theater and I kept thinking about it more, there was like a lot of things that weren't necessarily adding up for me, which we'll get to. Um, it was fun, like visually beautiful. I, I think the cinematography and the VFX were pretty on point um, and kind of revolutionary to this day. Uh, Storyline, I'm not quite sure... Um, if I enjoyed it and watching this, of course, you're, you're going to have all these comparisons to The Matrix and all these other films that we've seen in today's cinema in the 21st century, you know, that you're going to make comparisons to. But then when you do the re- research, you realize, oh, this is actually the genesis of all the things that we're going to make comparisons to. So um, I liked it because it reminded me of a lot of different things that we'll, we'll get into it. But storyline and the the overall i'm not sure if it left the best impression for me to be honest interesting interesting uh, i gotta say for me this is yet another movie uh it's much better than some other folks will have you believe and this is controversy aside which i know we're going to discuss here um you know just a quick preview uh for my stance i thought it was really a non-issue uh, we'll get more into that later, but I think Ghost in the Shell works as a science fiction action movie. Uh, I think it's bursting with some gorgeous special effects, okay? And I saw this in a premium large format screen, in an XD screen, in 3D. Mm. And I w- it was wow. There were scenes that I was like, wow, that's 
cool from the opening scene with the, the, those red glasses the doctors are wearing when you could see the layers and it popped out and it was in it was in like there was nothing fuzzy about it it was perfect um, I thought I thought some of the, I thought the performances were pretty decent too from a multi-ethnic multi-racial cast um, and while its cinematic aesthetic inspirations are obvious you just mentioned Matrix, uh, Blade Runner. Uh, even there were scenes that reminded me of like Coruscant from, say, like episode Same two. Same here. Yeah, and and if you do the Star Tours ride in three D, uh, there were some things, um, and even to an extent, uh, HBO's um, um, Westworld. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the one movie that nobody's really talking about that I think this movie is the closest to thematically, thematically wise, is RoboCop. Like, this movie, theme-wise, is RoboCop. You remember that one, right? The Peter Weller, Alex Murphy is a Detroit cop, gets killed on duty, and they basically take his brain and put it into a mega-robot cop. They wipe his memory, and he spends most of the movie becoming self-aware and recognizing his past and who he was to where you get to the end of the movie when he's asked, so, what's your name? And he says, Murphy. And you get it right there. He's come self-aware. He knows who he is. This movie thematically is virtually the same. And it's it's a popular science fiction trope mm-hmm. about finding one's identity. And I really thought that they did a really good job in doing that here. Um, I'm sort of kind of bummed. I mean, this movie had a touching... I've, I felt... It had a somewhat of a touching ending. Great special effects, some good action. I'm sort of bummed that we're not going to see the further adventures of Major and Special Ops Number Nine because I liked that team, mm-hmm. and it went off page because the marketing. We'll talk marketing, but they sort of kind of me. They they had me duped into thinking that she was going rogue and, like, her best friend had to hunt her down, sort of kind of like a Logan's Run kind of thing. That didn't happen. And I really liked that team together, especially the head of that team. It was was good. So I'll just have to settle on rewatching this movie over and over when I get it on Blu-ray. But I I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was good. I'll give you a couple of solutions towards the end. Fair enough. (laughs) Um... I, I echo uh, what most of you guys said. Um, I would throw Jason Bourne into the mix because <laughs> it, it's it's about sort of having your memory wiped and finding who you are and sort of taking revenge. Um, I thought I'll say this: I, I think I think it's a good movie, but I think it is that problem um, that that we've just for me I've seen it and so it didn't bring anything newer to the table. Um, and you can call it it's paying homage, but I, I just sometimes. I think that word gets overused. And so I didn't love it. It wasn't a bad movie. It's just, again, something that I've seen. To, it, honestly, to the same effect that no offense, like Doctor Strange, for all it's worth, because I've seen The Matrix, I've seen Inception, I'm like, this isn't that great. Mm-hmm. I've seen this before. Right. Um, you're just kind of adding an extra layer with Doctor Strange. And th- this um, was even more so of that. Yeah, of, you know, I, I kind of agree because I... Like, watching this film, it's not a terrible film, honestly. But the thing is, it's like, when you're watching it, you're just thinking of all these other movies that kind of, like, have the same references. And it's not, it doesn't make this movie original. It's just, yeah. it takes elements of all these different sci-fi movies, put it together, and put it in this film. Well, here's the, you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw, I did go back and I 
You can actually buy it. You can rent it for three ninety nine, or you can buy it four ninety nine. So of course I bought it. Yeah, Big but if you spender. but if you have stars, mm-hmm. if you it's have stars, you can and you have uh, if you have stars at Amazon Prime, you can go to Stars on Demand and see it for free. Oh, look at that! I have both, and I still paid. <laughs> well, anyway, so I supported the movie, but yeah, definitely check it out. Be- you know, I actually enjoyed that movie a lot, and it's it's a lot less fast paced. But um, what I loved about it, there there is action in it, but there's just so many layers in terms of the philosophy, and you can see why the Matrix ended up borrowing that in other movies eventually, and it felt like that was a little bit stripped down from this. Yeah, I you know, and I'm glad you brought up the original because I too I hadn't seen the anime since it had come out. Okay, to be fair, and I purposely made sure not to watch it before seeing this live action because there had been so much discussion about the live action that I just didn't want one other thing to come in and taint my opinion going into the movie. So I actually watched it yesterday and agreed, it, you know, thematically, it's so esoteric. You can't, I don't think, you can make that movie into a live-action movie, because thematically, it really is a different movie. You know, they kept some of these set pieces in there and and a lot of the concept design, but there's, like, scenes with heavy, must-pay-attention dialogue that sets up its its philosophy of what it is to be human, where this one isn't necessarily what it is to be human. It is really about being becoming sort of self-aware and finding your identity. So I get the change, um, but I just think they're both beautiful. And you said paying homage reminds you of other movies. I felt it did. It, it did obviously for me as well. I just felt that we have come so far in technology that yes, while it reminded me of Blade Runner. The, the Blade Runner dystopian future mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a lot darker, grimier, rainier for, for sure. Um, you know, this one didn't seem to necessarily be that dystopian. It was very colorful. It was like adding layers. And we talked about life, you and you and I, uh, like a week ago. The movie, not just the movie, and not the serial. <laughs> <laughs> but we always talk about life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie reminded me of other movies, but it reminded me how much better those other movies were. Where in this one, yes, Blade Runner is a better movie, absolutely. I could even say RoboCop could be a better movie, but I thought what this movie did thematically and then visually drawing me in and then with performance, like, I enjoyed it. I found myself really going... Wow. Like, I, I enjoyed the movie more than I thought I, I, I was going to. It missed everything reading about it and such. Yeah. You know, but you're right. Like, I hate the word paying homage to yeah. as well. You know, it's almost overused in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about for you, Marissa? Um, uh, admittedly, where did you land on that? Yeah, admittedly, I didn't watch the anime. I didn't read the manga. I know I'm Asian, but I don't watch anime. <laughs> It's like, okay. I'm, I'm breaking that stereotype, <laughs> no. you guys. Like, so I I went into that's not where I was going with yeah, it. By but the way. like, I went into this film with like a really fresh, you know, you know, cl- clean palette watching this film, 
And watching it, there there were some things that I didn't like and some things I did. I think visually, the technic, the technical aspect of this movie I thought was really solid. But walking out of this film, I didn't feel this was original or really stood out amongst the other sci-fi films that you have mentioned that were, we will mention. Um, I didn't think this was original and mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, two quick side, well, one quick side note and then we'll sort of dig deeper into this um we have a show here called otaku movie anatomy which is all about that anime. side of you know the eastern um movies if you will and so definitely Would it be western or are we western civilization we're western. I, I don't again i'm not magellan <laughs> and if i were columbus <laughs> so um so definitely check that out it's a great show but um so let's talk about you know that it wasn't just a movie, right? Ghost in the Shell. It, it spawned sequels, um, it, it, TV series, and it was a full-fledged franchise in all, sure. in all purpose, in, in all sense of the word. Um, and that's why they wanted to pick it up here. Um, Marissa, I'll kick it to you because you have a little bit more of the information in terms of the development. <laughs> uh, yeah, so back in 2008, DreamWorks actually... Um uh, they, they acquired the the rights to produce the live action film along with Steven Spielberg. So well, believe it or not, Steven Spielberg—it's yeah. his company. He, he, he was the he one is, that did it. Yeah, he—he yeah. um, he was a part of this, and uh, they got the original, um, the for the, the live action film adaptation for the original manga um, that this is based off of, which I have not read. Yeah, but um, it looks cool. I know I haven't read it either, but you know I think it's also important to, to to note as well that while anime is very popular, I mean I remember you know even going to school, high school, you know college and whatnot is a very popular niche. Like, and you were, and 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 the people that really loved anime were like, oh yeah, you might like Disney, you know, but this is the way to go. And t- till today, I mean, like we still have uh, things like How's Moving Castle and things. So it's still part of the culture, but it, I, I do believe that it's a niche culture, but it's a culture that is, and it's a fandom that's extremely loyal. Like it is a fandom that is as loyal as any Disney or Star Wars fandom. Um, they do cross pollinate. Uh, you know, and whether it's in comic book form or whether it's in visual form, I mean, but Ghost in the Shell and this uh, Akira, I have to say, are probably in. Well, there's probably more, but those are the two that I note as being some of the most popular uh, in seeing these visually in a movie theater. And then working at a, at a, at a, a DVD place, you know, though they were huge, huge sellers that stuff. So you can understand like Spielberg, the wonder kid and who has this kid inside him. Like you can understand why he would want to this is something it's sort of in his wheelhouse that he might even want to at some time have wanted to direct. Yeah. Um but I you understand why he bought it yeah. and got it. Well it's it's just a you know, um it's an alarming thing in the sense that I can't think of and I I by the way, I know fans will just start a comment list on all of this, but there's not too many movies that I can think of that sort of worked in terms of that live an- live action side of it. I go back to like Dragon Ball Z was translated, and that was just nobody loved that. Um, Warner Brothers is doing Akira, um, so I'm sure they're watching this very closely. Um, and I can't think of too many other ones, but uh, it, it's a tough 
switch to go from what it is to live action, it seems like. Yeah, and I think part of the reason, and this is why anime fans, the anime movies uh, are, are very deep. You know, th- there is a philosophy, uh, social commentary, um, and you have to, as a, as a watcher, it's all part of the package when you're watching an anime movie. And they're, they are very difficult, uh, uh, I think, to adapt to in a sense where I think that they did, for Ghost in the Shell, you just had to be different. You, could, like, you couldn't just do a remake. Now, whatever Warner Brothers is doing, uh, I don't know how close, close their adaptation is going to be or how loose it's going to be. The other thing that I think is very important in this, and we'll talk more when it comes to marketing, you have to have a studio that's going to back you up. <laughs> I think that is very important. And I will we'll get into it more. I do not think that Paramount backed up this movie in a positive way and they let things get out of hand and they were part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Or Warner Brothers may also learn a lesson from that as well. Um, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. You know, Speed Racer is also another Japanese, you know, Speed Racer, which was a, which was brought over here in the States and, and Americanized. You know, that too didn't quite translate when, when, when the Wachowski well, they were the Wachowski brothers then, Siblings. I believe. Siblings. Um, when they brought that to the silver screen. And when you think about how... If you saw the movie, uh, ten people did. I was one of them. That movie is very colorful. And you can even say, oh, well, so, yeah, I could see some of Ghost in the Shell stuff there. That didn't translate. You know, Nobody went to go see that movie uh, either. So it's it, it can be tough. But I think you need... Number one... <laughs> Don't have controversy. Um, have a studio that backs you. Make it a good story. Yeah. Um, they also had a lot of writers on this movie too. They did. They did. Um, Marissa, would you walk, like to walk us through the saga <laughs> that is the writing the, the process? Writing. Oh, this is a story in and of itself. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had um, Jamie Moss, William Wheeler, and Aaron. Kruger in uh, in 2009 October 2009 replaced Moss as a writer in 2014 Rupert Sanders you know was um, was slated to the direct the film with the screenplay of William Keeler. So William Keeler did the original screenplay. And he worked on the script for approximately a year and a half, saying it's a vast enterprise. I think I was second or third in the mix, and I know there have been at least six or seven writers. And then Jonathan Herman, who also worked on the screenplay, ultimately got credit for the screenplay. But And then it was given to Moss, William Keeler, and Aaron Kruger. So we... Even at the beginning, before like they filmed anything, they had six, seven, to eight people already writing on the script. Right. So it changed so so many times before they even start filming. Yeah, no, and, and and it was funny, and it reminded me of, and only because we talked about it about four weeks ago, about a month ago, when we did our uh, throwback Anatomy of a Movie, when we did the the Beauty and the Beast animated musical, uh, and. We talked about how many writers that and the developmental changes that that movie went to and originally it wasn't even supposed to be a musical yeah. and how that transformed. Again, it just goes, the, the, 
how difficult it is to make a translation, uh, especially of an you know an anime movie. And I can only imagine like what philosophy do we keep in? What do we what's so esoteric? Do do we want to lose the audience? Like I can't even imagine what might have been going through a writer's head in deciding what to jettison and what to keep, and then ultimately we got to refocus this movie to make it a little more palpable. So it yeah, almost so no, makes sense. I mean, here's here's where <clears throat> here's the part that I really don't like is is when people get scared to just go for it. I mean, you've seen it. The Matrix works. Inception worked. So I don't think you have to stay away from the big ideas in order to to achieve something uh, uh, that's also whatever a blockbuster. But both those movies and 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 I I see where you're going. Both of those movies had the commercial viability behind them and their ideas while big and great for discussion okay when you watch that animated movie those ideas are even more esoteric than trying to figure out inception in time figure out the matrix and ones and zeros and going inside a computer those can be somewhat explained where this one it, it the anime the anime is very deeply like and again, there isn't the action that backs up. There isn't the action in the anime that backs up the drama or the mm-hmm. philosophies or the you know the, the the ideologies that's going back. That's why I think you know, and yet it's a very beautifully drawn movie. Um, don't get me wrong, and I'm a big fan of it, but I think it's just very hard. You really have to pick and choose. But, but here's the thing: I, I think it says it in the, for me. It says it in the title: "Ghost in the Shell." Sure. Okay. What is the ghost? And what is the shell? And what is that relationship? You know? I actually enjoyed the fact that they explained that literally right out the gate in the first five minutes of the film. I was like, okay, I'm not spending the whole film trying to figure out what the whole title is. I agree. I'm going to tell you, I, I, that, that movies, please write bigger text. I'm not blind. <laughs> but that was the, some of the smallest text I've ever freaking, like, why? You have a whole giant screen and you pick one millionth of a fucking screen size <laughs> to write the damn text. <laughs> it looked awesome in 3D, though. It was I big. Did. I saw it. No, no, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was... And it was smart for them to do that, to try to bring the audience in. Um, and again... D- well, that was, that was also in the original. Right. Um, they kind of had their opening crawl. If we get to the anime, time. ends on a sort of kind of very weird note. And I'm not saying that the audiences wouldn't have accepted... The, 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 the like live action audiences wouldn't have accepted that ending, but that's a, it's it's a really, again it's it, it it's a weird ending. Uh, it, it's a it's very it's it's a deep ending. And did she make that cur- like what is she now? Um, what you know? And we had a very we had a different villain. Well, they have a very different villain yeah. in that movie too. So let's take a quick step back. I mean, you know. Both of you guys, what would you define in terms of what they ended up choosing philosophically to be a part of this movie? Marissa, from your perspective, what do you think they ultimately, and it could be one or two or three, it doesn't have to be every single thing, or it could just be what you actually thought it was. I think it's, uh, what I took out of it is like the, what you have to go through to find your one true self. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, because we see 
throughout the whole film, she's getting like all these what they call glitches, right. memories, flashbacks, and I'm like, and I was just trying to figure out what it was, and and she, so was her character trying to figure out if this is a computer glitch, if this is an actual memory that she's remembering someone else's um, life or her own, or so. And I think it's like it's that journey that you go through to find your your self discovery, and that's what I took most at the end. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, just to only to add to it, Robocop had his glitches, too, where his memory was snapping back up. Um, so I found that very interesting. But, yeah, I think it's it's about robotics. It's about what is human. Can, can technology have a soul? Um, there is a ghost in the shell, the ghost being the soul of the person. And for Major, it is about self-discovery. It is about what are these glitches. And I think... I would make the argument that at least one character knew that these were not glitches, that these were memory fragments popping up, and that was Julia Binoche's doctor. As her, I think she she knew sort of kind of what was going on with her, but had to play her part uh, in trying to fix this up. And no matter how many times they would wipe her memory... Um, uh, you know, they would come back. I think another important thing about this movie is we were conditioned as an audience watching it that she had to give consent. She, yeah. she gave consent to go into my head. You have consent to wipe my memory. You have consent to do that. And there was one scene that I found it to be. Uh, she goes, uh, you know, when she comes to the realization that she could be killed, she's like, I don't give consent. I don't give consent. And there's a line of dialogue that said, you know, we actually never needed your consent. So is technology property? Is she property? Is she becoming aware? Those are themes, too, that I, I really like. I, I, I appreciated that they were in this movie. I didn't think I was going to get any of that in this. Um, but I, I, that scene alone, I found, as she was being doped up, and again, to me, it's about, well, what is technology today? Uh, and how is it to be self-aware? Robocop, was he property of the you know, OPC or OCP? Um, what does that mean? And when you become self-aware and you remember who you are, that's your identity, being that that identity was stripped away from her. She became a person with no identity other than what they gave her. And it was false memories. Again, when you look at Blade Runner, the replicants were given False. They were they were given memories, made up maces. You know, Rachel is a big scene. Uh, we talk talking to Deckard when she realizes that this isn't real, like it never happened. This is in a sense what is happening to Major, and I appreciate. And she also felt that she was unique, and she finds out that she sort of kind of isn't unique when we find out that there were more like her that quote unquote failed. I, I like that in this movie. My problem with it is it wasn't counterbalanced. Um, the counterbalance would be that this is all for the sake of progress. Um, mm. They had elements of capitalism, but it was all represented through Cutter, who was, for the most part, a one-note kind of character. I mean, in essence, you could guess right off the bat that he's going to be the villain because he says right off, oh, okay, good, she's ready, all right, go train her. Um, and that's such a villainous type of move. Uh, and so by not having him as fully realized, it all those things never have an opportunity to go against anything and then be able to stand up. 
Interesting. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. But again, I'll just use a Blade Runner reference, too, because I was saying this inside my head. Uh, replicants are either a benefit or a hazard. If they're a benefit, they're not my problem. And that was about becoming self-aware and what it is to become sentient. Now, that is pure 100% technology, having a soul. Where here, this was a person who had a soul but didn't know what it was. And as soon as they say this is for the betterment of the future, to me, that's always a red flag that goes up and go, really? Is it a benefit of the future? Because this is going to show us that maybe it's not. If used improperly, which Cutter was using improperly, I yeah. felt. No, I, I, I 100% agree, but I would have loved that sort of discussion of it. Be, uh, I mean, simply for the fact of, uh, you know, I mean, you can get a whole different liver, and so can you drink ad nauseum and still never get messed up? You, so all these yeah. things of uh, uh, these enhancements, um, you know, like, like, like even the movie opens up with uh, the, the African tribes or I, I, I you know I don't mean to be rude about it but I forget like the full context of it um, but they they were very cautious they're like listen we're not opposed to this idea but we're you know we're still going to question the um, factions of it or certain specifics um, the viability and, yeah. And, yeah and so I think that was a great way to look at it unfortunately that scene was obviously cut short because then the geisha comes and never you know sure. all hell breaks loose so, um, so that was my problem with it. I, I don't disagree, but I don't think it had something to oppose it equally. Okay. So, no, no, that's yeah. just me. Sure. Uh, I don't. Where, where do we even go from here? Um, <laughs> let, let's talk about. I, I guess let's start with Major since she's the most realized character. Um, you know, and, and uh, you could talk about. Scarlett Johansson's performance on this, or however you want to dive deep into it, but um, you know, what did, what did you guys think of Major? You know, I like Scarlett Johansson as an actress. I think she's really um, she's strong, and we've talked about other films that she's been in um, for Anatomy. I don't think she was the best choice for this role, and but I can't really back that up because I'm trying to think of other people who would have been better. And, like, I get this is where, you know, some of the controversy comes in, but where, you know, studios have to sell and get a big name to sell tickets and get butts in the seats. Um, I don't really see Scarlett Johansson as that star power. Like, I, I don't go to movies and thinking, oh, I have to go see this because Scarlett Johansson's in it. Um, she's a great actress, but I... And then I, I think her performance, because it was just so... Not like the of the normal type of character because this is like a robot, pretty much. Um, and and it's all technology. The way she she walked was very unsettling for me watching. Um, I realized in like the first five minutes when I saw her on screen, I was like, why is she walking like that? But she's technology, and it just set me off every time I saw her walk. It, it was just so apparent um for the acting choice of trying to like distinguish a certain walk for this character um i think some of the character choices didn't feel genuine um as a character to watch but again this character is technology so how exactly do you portray technology on screen do you want to open up the can of worms (laughs) yet or no 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 no. i want to save it but you know first I, i actually number one we talked about this a few weeks ago when we did the live action Beauty and the Beast. 
hiring of you know the hiring of Emma Watson was was very calculated. It was mm-hmm. a business. It was a mitigating risk. Who do we find that that is going to help us? Mitigate some risk here. Has the look, because, has and then, the following. And, well, it has a following has and a can, 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 how, how can we market this? And already has franchise and has followers and stuff, things like that. Now, Scarlett Johansson has been in some of the biggest movies, whether it be a Captain America movie, whether it be an Avengers movie, her Black Widow character. People people are saying she should get her own movie. Black Widow, there should be a Black Widow movie. Um, also, you know, to, she made Lucy a hit. People went to see that movie, and that movie to me was a screenful of stupid. Yeah. And yet, she, but that movie made money, okay? And a lot of people went because she was in it and the way they marketed it. So I think hiring her for Ghost in the Shell, number one, I think it was a, they wanted to mitigate risk, they wanted to get somebody who can handle action. Don't forget, she was also in that that lovely science fiction movie, Under the Skin, right? For better and or worse, I mean, she did a good job in that. So. For better or worse, right? But that movie got notoriety in part because she was in it. I mean, this brought some people out, whether you like or dislike the movie, whatever. But she, I think, again, when you're when you're looking to to, to cast for this kind of a role. I don't think she was a bad choice. I think she did a good job. And where she wasn't Peter Weller in RoboCop, like Peter Weller was in a robotic he was in a suit. suit. And she what you know, she wasn't, but yet she still was robotic. Um so there were I you know, I noticed her walk as well. It's hard it's hard to miss it, especially on a big XD screen, but I actually appreciated it because it did show that there were certain limitations. Like, they weren't exactly perfect. There was something that, that did denote her a little bit differently. Um, but I, you know, I enjoyed watching her. And I, especially the scene that I mentioned uh, before about I don't give consent. And I also liked the scene. I, I liked her scenes with her, um, with her partner, uh, Batu. I thought those scenes were really well done. And when she meets who is, who we come to find out is her mother... Uh, I thought the ending was for me. It, I don't know. It was it was touching when she said, "You're never going to have to go visit that grave again." And mm-hmm. I thought it was nice. I, I I liked it. I wasn't offended by it. Um. So and I get why they hired her. I think she did a really good job. We know that she can do drama. She's pretty decent at comedy. Um. But to me, it made sense because you want her name. You know, and you can say, just compare it to Lucy. No. You know. So I didn't necessarily have a problem with her as the actress i what i had a problem with i think uh storyline it didn't fully you know it didn't hit all the same things that i would have loved to like i said it just kind of i I mean a lot of this in some sense for me is based off of uh, william gibson's neuromancer in fact there's a reference to rats who's the bartender in um neuromancer and it just felt like this movie was actually stuck in like that 19 late late 80s early 90s era and it's like i, I wish they would have just updated a little bit because 2029 is not that far off now <laughs> so, it's like 
you but, know, it just doesn't the same then hold true to the anime because you can easily say that the anime based itself off of things like Neuromancer plugging in that book. William Gibson is known to be the godfather of cyberpunk and inventing that word. Um, Robocop came out, I believe, before the anime version. So, you know, I think the anime also pulls from some. I don't, I don't think it's bad, but what I'm saying is, you know, uh, the Neuromancer came out much closer in time to the original. I mean, that was 1997 sure. or 95. I forget. When the movie came out? Yeah, 95. Uh, I think it's 95. It it's either 95 or 97. I think 95. But the point being that it was closer to the, the release date of Neuromancer. Uh, William Gibson's written a lot of books between now and then. Sure. Pick something else of his that's more recent to base it off of, and <laughs> that might be a little bit more cooler. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, jacking in has been a, a popular trope for science fiction, too, now for, for, for quite some time. So it, I can't, I don't know, I can't argue against or for. It's, 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 it's just in how it is done. Uh, it's even being done in Westworld, uh, you know, when they plug in the robots and, you know, using, using certain key words to, to shut the robots down. What did you think of her performance? Well, how did you think that she handled the role as major? Um. Again, th- this is why it's tough because I don't necessarily want to dive deep into the con- uh, the controversy quite yet. But fair enough. But it's 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 one of those things. I was fully on board, and I, I don't, again I don't mind necessarily that it's her and that that they sort of. And, and I know this could be taken insensitively, but and I apologize. It's not the way it's because um, I do draw a line. Uh, I don't mind her being that character because it's like okay, they 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 find somebody else. You know, that's the shell. She's the shell. Right, but who she's portraying isn't someone, you know, Asian. And when she outright says, like, you know, I would never portray, never try to attempt to portray somebody else's culture. Well, that's what you are. You're playing someone that's that culture, but just in a different body. And so it's an ironic statement because I don't think she she got that towards the end right. Okay. Like if she was, uh. If she was a just another white child in Scarlett Johansson's body, then okay, I could see the you know it being okay. But how do you It'd differentiate? I mean, I don't know. I, I, have I mean, no how do clue. you differentiate? Because again, I, I, I take it, and this is where there's a major departure from the anime, right? This is where there's a major departure where you know this character was, and again, I thought it was sort of kind of dark. She's a runaway. She was kidnapped as a runaway because. Who's looking for these vagrant kids, right? So nobody's looking for these kids, so we can take them and experiment on them, <laughs> which is sort of dark when you think about twisted, it. Yeah, yeah twisted. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, that's a great word. And and then whatever identity she had, whether she was Asian, and that was just stripped away. That body uh, was thrown away, and she was given something completely different. She wasn't even exactly told what she was other than oh well you had parents but they you were like a re- she, she was told she was a refugee if I remember yeah. correctly yeah. and you died in a boating accident you lost your parents so she was a refugee from where it didn't necessarily have to be an Asian country it could like who knows where she was a refugee from she just didn't know and I think coming at the end living and again I, I also found that that city of Newport Right, I found it to be, you know, very. I found it to sort of be a multicultural 
city. I didn't just see flat-out Asian people. I saw a various mix of some African-Americans and people from England. Even her team itself was made up of international folks. So the the identity, I think, and that's part of what the technology is, for me anyways, and maybe I'm looking too deep into it, you know, that her casting and her coming to a realization at the end, going... Okay, you're my mom, and I was an Asian girl. And then this this is where I think delving further, if there are other movies, these are great themes about becoming aware and maybe changing your shell and just becoming and learning about the traditions, the all of I, that stuff. But it's, Go ahead. But we're never going to get it. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think the thing is, like, the storyline with the character is actually very interchangeable with any race, not just Asian You're and right. Caucasian. I mean, you've got to realize the situations that Major went through, like um, being a refugee, that anyone could be that, that that feeling of isolation, being alone. Anyone can relate to that. Um, there's just so many different the things universal. that are universal things within everybody like no matter what color you put it or whatever race you you want to call it and that's what i liked about the character because it it was relatable on all fronts um but i think at the end that's where i think set off everyone realizing it was an asian girl in a on the surface level a caucasian type of shell that's what set people off and like and i get it but I don't think that changes or takes anything away from the meaning of the story or the characters, you know. So. I think he, he, I, if I had to summarize, like, I'm glad you said that, Marissa. Remember in The Matrix, Neo was never comfortable within The Matrix, right? He always felt something was wrong. Right. And so, and maybe this is what the movie's trying to say. It was just very, if, if that's the case, then it's... I disagree with it, and it's it's a very saddening thing. Like, the ghost itself, you know, in whatever capacity, obviously it's supposed to be very suppressed in this movie, and you're not supposed to remember who you actually are. But there's that part of you, the, the famous line, like a splinter in your mind that you know something's wrong. And she just never had that splinter in her mind to be like, this isn't me. I don't feel right. See, and I think she did. I think that was part of the conversation that she had when we found her floating in the ocean, and she had that with Batu. Like, she, she, she is very afraid because she didn't know exactly who she was. She keeps on seeing these fragmented... She didn't even know enough to know that there were memories of her true self, of, of what it was. And that, to me, I, I, I think that she... She did say that. She ha- she was having a problem that these glitches, and in fact, the glitches throughout the movie, they kept on getting worse. Um, and, and and I think that, and again, it's it's sort of too bad we're not going to further explore this because it's, again, for science fiction, it's amazing like how these issues could affect a soul mm-hmm. like later on, especially when you realize who you are. I thought... It's very interesting that in this movie they don't show a picture of what um, the actual girl looked the, 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 like. like the, what the girl looked like, right? And I think I think that's brilliant. I don't know because we shouldn't have a preconcept. We should know her as major, and she has to come to live with herself that she's this person, but she's also born out of like this other person. She was this, and coming to accept those memories and accept that she has a mother. 
I think those were would have been great science fiction tropes to to further go on. And I think I think there was conflict within the character. And maybe I'm just reading too much into it. <laughs> but and but that's the thing. Like the character is flawed, and she there is that whole journey of self discovery. But the the flaws and all the things that she's going through are relatable and humanistic, <coughs> which I I think that anyone can actually <coughs> enjoy <coughs> while you're watching a character, not just on the surface level what people got pissed at. But, like, underneath is what people should actually be focusing on. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. That's very well. Said. So, okay. So, uh, let's shift gears to the doctor, right? Um, and it, it just... There was no one... We were talking Julia Binoche. Yeah. Um, you know... It's Dr. Ule. It, it's... Uh, she... Uh, towards the, the, it just it didn't seem that she was so as conflicted as I would have liked her to in some sense, and I know that can also turn into a cliche trope of like the the, the person that's doing the actual experiments, just like oh I disagree with this, um, but in that sense, I, you know I, I you can make an argument that that you're right about major and that's what she was struggling with. It would have been nice to see the doctor have a similar struggle internally about what she was doing. And at least have it a little bit more than other than the scene where she's given orders to kill Major. And, like, I did get the sense, I'll say that I did get the sense that Dr. Goulet was her... Her, 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 like stepmom. Her, her. Uh, what would you call Essentially it? Essentially, mother. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't even was, say stepmom. You know, she, I said the mother figure. The, yeah, the mother the, figure. The, the nurture, the nurturing aspect of the character. Yeah, and obviously, Doctor Ule knew of the history of Major. Um, but you're right. I would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more of a bond um, between them. Um, you know, but of course, the scene where she's given the orders to, to to kill her, you know, we know once once she picks up a yellow tube, like red always. <laughs> when you see red, that's never good. Yeah, um, red is dead, and yellow. You know, I don't know what it was she she plunked into her, but you sort of kind of knew that she was going to save her. And again, my thing was she put a a, a thumb drive or something in her hand. You know, I thought we were going to give me the a little hard bit. Drive more, yeah, the hard memory. drive. Yeah, the um, Yeah. So, but you're, but you're right. I like Julia Binoche uh, in the role. Uh, it was mm-hmm. good to see her, um, and I think she there, there were aspects of her that were nurturing, and you can tell that she was loving it. She didn't want. She was like, "No, it's too early. You can't." We just brought her to life. <laughs> we just shelled her. Let her become aware, and no, cutters like you know. Right. Um, I love Julie. Um, Juliet. I, I think <clears throat> she's a great actress. She's she was great in English Patient, and also probably one of my more favorite films of hers, uh, Chocolat. I mean, yeah, just like chocolate. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Chocolat. Um, I love that film. Uh, I, I think she's a great actress. I really like this character from the get go because literally when they're after the beautiful credit scenes that we saw at the opening and they're building the project and the doctor's like let me know when it's ready and you can see the look on her face it's like you can tell she's already conflicted with that that moral struggle of what they're doing right now so i was like and i legit had this thought i was like okay he's gonna die she's gonna live because they already distinguished that like she's a good person Mm -hmm. or like she's a better person than the other guy so and i'm like i wonder how long she'll live for right (laughs) um but you know i had that struggle i was like i wonder who if if she's gonna make it at the end of this um 
I, I think she w- she was a good mother figure towards surrogate Major. mom. Yeah, surrogate That's mother. Uh, surrogate mother figure towards Major. Um, I think her acting choices, like I, w- I was kind of distracted by her her voice because we know she, you know, I don't. She's not British. She's French, I believe. Um, but so she had a, like a thick accent, trying mm-hmm. to that you could. He- clearly obviously here and i don't know if she was trying to get rid of it or if she was trying to keep it so i think mm-hmm. just for acting that kind of threw me off a little bit but her character i liked and i'm glad she had a redeeming moment yeah at the end mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then that as you guys are pointing out i wish we got more of the surrogate mo- like stuff that would actually help her more so than any anything that she's done for her in the past yeah it would have been nice, and again, I don't, you know, maybe there was a scene, but like, you know, for Major to go, you know, Dr. Lake, can I talk to you for a minute? Or, you know, yeah, sure, sure, Major, what do you need? Or, you know, or, and, and have some semblance of a conversation that might not have taken up, you know, maybe it was a two-minute thing or something. I don't know, but you're right, yeah. I, I mean, maybe something, just to have that bond so that when Dr. Lake makes the decision that she's going to make. At that point, you sort of kind of know that Cutter ain't going to allow her, let her get away with that. So that when she dies, it's sort of a bummer. But I wouldn't, like, maybe we should have had a little more oomph, impact yeah. to it. And I don't know how this could have fully worked out because, to be honest, I don't, I'm still trying to, f- it take me a second viewing to learn all the rules. But if, like, um, the doctor was taking on her, was able to sort of take out any, or suppress any of her memories for the things that she's done. So that way, every time a new experiment came along, she could just sort of wipe it clean and, right. and really think that Major was the only one yeah. and they, in some sense, could learn together. Yeah. Or what if what if Dr. Roulet, say, lived through that experience and it was Dr. Roulet who took her to her mom and go, I think you'd like to meet this woman. Uh-huh. Like, you know, and have a surrogate mom go, you know, I think it's time. You yeah. know, you've earned it. You, you know, you've earned it, Major. And, and mom, I want you to meet somebody. And it was a very sorry. And again, she would be a great character to carry over into other, you know, movies too. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm so. not a writer. What do I know? <laughs> hey, it's all speculation. Um, so, but but I, I think that could have furthered it a little bit. Um, uh, let's talk about um, Coos, Michael Pitt, Mike, Michael Pitt's character. Sure. Um, we're sort of introduced to him as the pseudo villain. But he's ultimately not, as we sort of come to learn. It's good MacGuffin. Good MacGuffin. Um, what did you guys think of, you know, whether it was acting, but more so um, from this perspective, his character? Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed him because, like, what it was kind of confusing to watch because they built him up as a, oh, should we trust this guy or should right. we not? But the fact that he did come around at the end, I was like, all right, good. But watching it, yeah, again, I, was, I think this was just another thing while I was watching as an audience member, something that threw me off that I'm trying to figure out the narrative, and I'm like, who do I root for, who do I don't, you know? Right. And the fact that they did a slight twist on his character, yeah. I was like, okay, so now shift to who's the bigger villain, who's the one who... Um, I, I was just like kind of confused throughout the whole thing because I was still trying to figure out all the characters. Right. I think there was just a, this was an ensemble film that it was maybe a little bit too big of an ensemble that mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out who's who and who's good, who's who's bad, yeah. and the fact that they had a twist on his character. I'm like, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the fact that creating this character, number one, I think he was an amalgamation. Is that the right word? Or is it composite? Like, because yeah. a lot of people were expecting the puppet master, who is the, the, sort of the villain, I guess, the villain yeah. uh, in the anime. Puppet master, not the case, but apparently this Kuz, 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 is it Kuz or Kuze character is, I guess, in either the comics and maybe subsequent uh, Ghost in the Shell movies. Um, I liked it because it sort of sets us up for, and it goes back to that thing where technology is for the betterment of humankind, where this character, it clearly was not, okay? And what, what was his line? He kept on saying... He kept on saying this to Major all the time, and that was stuck in her head. He had this one line about the company's going to go down. If you support the company, the company's going to go down. Something to that effect. Because, again, when we find out that twist about that they knew each other, that they were more than likely friends, maybe more, because they were runaways, and that Kuze is coming up with his, in a sense... He's had almost his epiphany, but he's still trying to find out. And if he can get Major on board, like, he's trying to put together these pieces of the puzzle. And again, it's a nice... For me, it worked from an emotional... Because it was a good tether for Major to realize there was just another layer that goes, I had a past life, and I don't know what it is, but somehow I'm attracted to this guy... Because I know he's going to hold the key to more answers to, to, to my self-awareness. I like that. Um, and how they set that up. And, and again, it's a, it's a dark twist to know that they were just kidnapping runaways. Figuring, eh, they're runaways. Nobody's going to miss them, really. Uh, who's going to look for them? And we can, they're not going to exist anymore. Because we're going to completely change them. I, and that's where I was like, oh, very interesting. You made your villain into not the villain. And who's the villain? It's it's the man. It's the corporation. It's the technology. Right. What I liked about Kuze is that, like, um, with his twist, his character was more more empathetic than you would expect him to be, especially for being, you know, technology. Mm-hmm. You actually felt for him because you realized he had a past. He was human at one point. He does realize and is aware of all the the monstrosities that are happening right now. And as an audience member, you feel for him. Yeah. And he was just another iteration. You know, yeah. and that's again, too, where Major realizes, wait, I thought you said I was the only one. Well, you're the only one in this version. <laughs> like, But there are other versions. It's sort of in a sense, it's sort of. I had a, a mental flashback to uh, uh, the uh, to Joss Whedon's uh, the, the script that he wrote for Alien Resurrection, I believe it was. And there's a scene where Ripley comes across the various iterations that they tried to make of her as a clone that didn't work out. And that's what this was sort of reminding me that that Kuze is like. He's, he's an iteration that the company believed was a failure for whatever the reasons. And they sort of cast him aside, left him for dead, but he isn't. Um, and now they're about to do the same thing to Major. You know, we can make a better one. But no, we don't need to make a better one. She's actually really good. No, no, no. Kill her. Yeah. You know. But the fact, like, at the end, they disposed of him like he was just another experiment that's what like i think guts you you're like oh man these people are just heartless they're heartless yeah immoral there was an awareness there was a soul that like the ghost is real 
Yeah, like he had a life, and they literally threw him away like mm-hmm. trash. Yeah, uh, you know, um, I did feel for him, and um, I liked that they came together towards the end, um, which the spider is another homage to the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Of you How did you aware. take that scene, by the way? Oh, <laughs> I was like, thinking like, about you. <laughs> I know. They mentioned spider, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. And then I saw it was like a, an automobile robot. I was like, oh, I can handle okay. this. This is a spider tank. No, but <laughs> like, they legit mentioned spider. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> But thanks for thinking of me. I was, yeah. <laughs> the spider tank scene. Is a when I saw it, I was like, awesome okay, scene. it's it's just a, uh, a vehicle. Yeah. All right, I'm good. Yeah, and, it, and not only was the, the, the vehicle itself, but, but how, again, I, and I thought they did a really good job, uh, the scene where she's ripping off the... Like the, the hatch and she loses her arm and like that happened in the animated you know movie as well. I just that was pretty cool to watch though. It was, but I didn't I didn't understand the weight of it because it's like we'll just build her back up if mm. we need to. I don't know. No, I, I get it. She's you know we can rebuild her and we can but, <laughs> but still like the mere fact of the self sacrifice that the that the character was doing. And, and the way that it was filmed, and again, with technology today and the special effects, I gotta tell ya, in 3D, like, just seeing her skin, like, tear apart in the light, and, and like, when her arm would fly, I was, I was like, wow! Like, but it, it, was, it, was, like, it was very reminiscent of the actual human body, because, yeah. you know, when you see in graphs and stuff, muscle is usually... Sure portrayed as red you can tell the difference and then when you saw the arm literally rip you, you can see the muscles yeah. and like that just relates to the human aspect yeah, like, it was like oh painful it was like you know museum. the pain of of tearing a muscle let alone your whole arm <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like that museum exhibition where they have the, the corpses like, uh, that, right. like right yeah and, and that's <laughs> what i was matter. like oh man but again i thought from anime to live action, I thought it translated. I thought they I did a really too. good job. Um, all right, so we'll move into production. But one thing I quickly wanted to touch upon was um, uh, there's a thing in real life called BCI, and I've included an article um, about it. I don't want to get too deep into it, number one, because I don't know too much more about it. Um, but it's something interesting that British Columbia intelligence. Yes, definitely that. No, <laughs> um, it's something that they could have. Uh, for c- certainly uh, sort of explored a little bit because that is a real um, life thing, and I'll give you this. Uh, I'll give you a quick summary since you're all so interested. Um, brain computer interface. Oh, mm. um, at the heart of both the original um, manga and the live action film adaptation of Ghost in the Shell is the cyber brain an aggressive version of what we currently identify as a brain computer interface a way to wire a brain to an external device in order to facilitate a user's direct control of a machine using only their thoughts in real life a BCI could translate into better sensory capabilities enhanced motor coordination the ability to tap into external and digital sources of information and interfacing with other networks and people who are also similarly connected. Hmm. Um, and again, the, the the thing goes on and on. It's quite a long article. Could it make me look better? <laughs> uh, well, we don't know. We'll find out. Well, and, and again, just going back to William Gibson, Neuromancer, don't forget Johnny Mnemonic, mm-hmm. who's all about jacking in as well. The short story and, and the Keanu Reeves movie. Um. So this has been a science fiction, 
you know, being hooked into a ship's computer, uh, you know, you know, things Trump. like that. Yeah, so it's it's a popular it's a popular science fiction device. But it's, um, f- it's and now it's becoming you know, real life. Well, because I think you know, eventually, and who's going to be doing this? Gamers. <laughs> Gamers are going to want virtual reality just to be jacked right in. Uh, you know, to play their game, and then they connect to How are all they not other already? people. That's I the real uh, question. Well, don't ask that question <laughs> that we don't want answers to, because I don't want that answer uh, quite now. Hey, can we also talk a little bit about this Pilo Azbek as Batu? Because I really sure. like that character a lot too. And it's one pronounced Pilu Azbek. Pilu, Pilu Azbek. Okay, Azbek. Pilu Azbek, who is also in Lucy. Mm-hmm. Um. I like this character, and and I liked what I liked how they portrayed him in this live action movie. Um, when we're introduced to Batu in the anime, he already has his eyes, you know, are already augmented. Um, I think that it added that layer of of we got to know a little bit about his character when she went with oh, so you went with those eyes. It's like yeah, you know, it's, it's for the job. You know, I didn't decide to go with regular human eyes, but these are augmented with, uh, uh, you know, heat vision, spectrograph, I can zero in. And um, I also enjoy, like, she saved his life by jumping in front of that blast, in a sense. Um, And we also get a sense, too, of more of the augmentation that can happen that, that humans can do to themselves. So whereas... And, and this is the like where we have major as a shell. She's technology that houses a soul, right? These other people are souls that are when when is it enough? Like when does it become where you're so augmented that you really are blurring the lines be, be, between being technology and being like a human? Like mm-hmm. what is that all about? And there were people who had the different. Things in their head, like at that board meeting, we saw various All right. augmentations to people. Um, but his character, I'm so glad it wasn't she goes rogue and he had to chase her down. I actually enjoyed their friendship and their banter, and I really liked this guy. He, uh, yeah, he was he was he was cool. Um, also, he sort of reminds me of this character Amos that's in the Expanse. Sort of, mm-hmm. he's just brute and groff and he'll just take you down and like that guy was intimidating without the eye orientation uh, I, I, I don't know what did you guys feel about him I, I, I thought him more as like a teddy bear you know <laughs> like he's big but also lovable you know yeah. like and also likable and um, yeah you could be the brute strength but also underneath he's just you know he's a cuddly teddy bear yeah. <laughs> um, you know just uh, someone who's soft he has a soft yeah. side uh-huh. and I, I love the, the relationship because they had fun bands with each other they had something to connect with especially after the explosion he became more technology at the right. end like they, I felt like that um, that situation brought them closer mm-hmm. together and they could relate to each other and the fact that even yeah when she went underwater to get away from the world he knew exactly where yeah, I knew she was she so to have like someone who also understands what Major is going through I enjoyed watching that yeah me too and Me you too. knew that he was going to be there at the end to help save her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I enjoyed their relationship as well. And I enjoyed their banter, but their conversation. It was, it was a scene where she gives him the finger. And I think it was mine. He was like, yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I, 
it, uh, yeah, he was he was a good choice, and and I enjoyed watching the character in the live action. What did you think of him? Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the friendship side of it. I think it was much needed to bring human <clears throat> uh, he, human side to it. Me and to your point, how it would have just been the worst if she was solo. So think about like you're basically you don't know who you are. You're struggling to find these deep philosophical questions, and you're 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 on the run by yourself. Um, whereas this, you could see, oh, wow, I have a human connection, so does that make me human, or am I robot? What am I? I'm not AI, and so forth. So um, it was definitely good to see, and um, for me, when you know, and just the way he cared when he pulled her out the first time that she was kind of being backhacked. Right, 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 right. You know, where she's trying to find when she does the deep dive, Yeah, which we have a great video of that, where the director breaks that down. But yeah, that was a great, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We should also take our... Aramaki by uh, Takeshi Kitano, who's one of the most respected Asian actors going. I mean, he was in the, I recognize him in Battle Royale. Um, he's done a ton of stuff. I believe he was also in uh, Johnny Mnemonic, I think. But um, I loved him as the, you know, that the, the head of Section 9. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah. over, he was awesome. And that mm-hmm. scene at the end was awesome. <laughs> like, you know, when, when it's, you're like, oh, he's, that car's going to blow up or like, uh, and it gets shot up like like Bonnie and Clyde shot up and he comes out. With, I was, oh, that's great. Yeah. It was really, and then I also love, Major, do we have your consent? You have my consent for justice. Uh, it was great. He shoots the guy. This is why I want to see this team in, in other adventures. I thought they were really good. And I loved watching that guy. Yeah, I, I liked the character. Again, this was another character I wasn't sure of who I should trust. Right. Or, like, I didn't know if he was good. Um, but at the end, you know, when they tried killing him and then he just came all, all badass, I was like, all right, yeah, this guy's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and especially at the end because he also ends up helping Major. Right. I was like, all right, this is a good guy. I liked him. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah. One of the big aspects to that point that I enjoyed, he didn't just sit behind his desk. Sure. Because it's so been easily like, okay, you guys do this, and I just sit here. But he got involved when he needed to, and yeah. he, he did the big part. Yeah. Yep. So, and it was a good payoff. Yeah. It was a good payoff. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, so let's talk about. Uh, let's start with the direction. Um, Rupert Sanders of um, has done Black Hole, uh, Snow White, and The Huntsman, a uh, movie that Marissa loves. Mm. I say that questionly because I know the answer, <laughs> of course. Um, what did you guys think of the direction? I, I, I thought overall, in terms of production, like it, it's on screen. The hundred and ten million dollars that this cost is on screen. Absolutely. Uh, story maybe not so much as much yeah I think the direction was absolutely fine I think the storyline is where it got me all confused within the characters and the storylines um, I, I, I personally have a bigger issue with the writing rather than the actual storytelling um, and how everything was executed it looked gorgeous this film and I said it at the beginning like it was fun to watch and just look at because it was pretty it was freaking pretty um, and <laughs> for, the, for that, I'll give him, um, I'll give him all the credits because, and you know, just doing the research after the fact, he knows that this is a big storyline. It has a big following, so he he went into it not probably wanting to stir up controversy, but just to tell <clears throat> a good story and and have that out in the world. He did it because you can tell he was actually connected to it. This is a passion project for him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought his direction was very. Uh, I, think, I thought his direction was very on point. I think, obviously, going into this, he had to have known, much like you know, Zack Snyder had to have known taking on a, a job like doing Watchmen. Okay, like it's it could be a lose lose proposition because if you change or do whatever, the utmost ardent fans are gonna are gonna blast you and it's even more so today because of the social media so he knew that there are loyal uh big fans of anime so he also knew that we're changing we're changing the story and but how do we how do we pay respect and not like we have we're gonna do something different for the live action um but he did. They took time to throw money at the screen, um, and it wasn't wasted. I think that the technology, the special effects, were were really, truly, like I said, there, there was a wow factor in seeing this on a huge screen in 3D for me that I haven't said wow in a long time. It, like from, from the opening scene, from from, her, from the shelling, mm-hmm. from, from the deep dive, um, from the water fight scene perspective, from the spider tank, from so many uh, aspects of this movie looked great. And he took time and care for that choreography to work and maybe have it paying homage to the anime. It's like, we're not going to give you that story, but I, but I at least want to put things in there that you're going to recognize. And I hope you think, I hope you think they're cool. I thought he did a really good job. And listen... Speaking of controversy, this is a director that is not without controversy, since you mentioned <laughs> Snow White and the Huntsman. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, he's he had a different, whole different kind of controversy, such as sleeping with his, his, his female star. And um, so, and that caused a whole lot of controversy around that. Uh, different controversy this time, but he's no stranger to it. Um, that was of his own admission, but... What I really feel bad about is that that's all anybody ever wanted to talk with him about. Like, in everything that I'm reading, it's always, in one way, shape, or form, it went back to that. And to his credit, he stuck up for his cast and crew throughout. Not just Scarlett Johansson, but everybody else who was involved in the picture. There's another thing, too, about Scarlett Johansson and, and Rupert. They went out and did their above and beyond their due diligence to promote this movie, mm-hmm. knowing that everywhere they were going to go, they were going to be asked the same question. And not just regular publicity questions, but it always came back to the controversy. I think they did a really good job in keeping it cool. Uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson was on Howard Stern uh, like a week or so ago. And of course it came up, but she she handled it very, very well. They went out, they're promoting this movie I give them all the credit in the world because sometimes people might want to run away at that point. They're going, you know what? I can't do this. Yeah. So, I, and and from a direction standpoint, I think with his cinematographer and editing, I think that they had a well-paced movie. I didn't think that it overstayed its welcome. Um, no, not overall. I didn't yeah. think that it. You know, uh, I think it comes in under two hours. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I thought that it was paced well, and I thought he got the most out of his actors being filmed up against the green screen but he also had uh, in, in, in this clip that we can show he also wanted practical effects and that I think when I saw certain things that were done practically I was like oh, 
you're kidding me. I thought that was like CG. I go, oh my God, that's really cool. So I liked how he had his, uh, he had at least one foot in the practicality of it all and in camera. Yeah, it's cool. Well, we'll definitely play that in a little bit, but um, I want to give you, Merce, an opportunity because um, you you got a lot of stuff <laughs> between the visual effects as well as the um, actual production side of it. So I want to give you a chance to kind of educate us, if you will. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Um, again, this was a very pretty film, and you definitely saw that. They filmed on location in Wellington, New Zealand. Of all places. Of all, of all places. places. Yeah, I mean, and also, the, the original story takes place, you know, um, in Hong Kong. So, they actually did go to Hong Kong at the end, because by, you know, just naturally you, you would end up in Hong Kong. And um, so, the, the, yeah, they filmed on Aerial Lexus 65 with customized lenses in collaboration with Dan Sa- Sasaki, who was the VP of Optical Engineering at Panavision. Um, they wanted to have incorporated model, miniature, model miniatures of all sorts of the physical elements, talking about, you know, the practicality, practicality. as well. Um, also, and, and they had a nice blend of the VFX and um, practicality in a lot of their scenes when they mm-hmm. were when they were filming. Uh, yes, a lot of VFX. So for for the ghost, a lot of different <laughs> for the different body parts with Scarlett Johansson and also Kuze. Sure. Uh, I'm going through all of these notes. There, there's a lot. <laughs> um, they 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 actually built um, this new program technology which and we've talked about it with other films the volumetrics yeah 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 um, absolutely and a lot of the designs and especially the city of hong kong you can see you know on the buildings um the the blackish type of graphics yep. that that ended up with the volumetrics um and so they had the blend of computer graphics with practical animatronics and for the and the digital skeleton of the body, they had muscles of skin majored, and at the scene, some scenes were shot dry, and some scenes were in a suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see in some of our photos where you can see Scarlett Johansson behind, like in front of a green screen right. with the suit. So, um, some shots, they, they would do this twice. Right. It was, and, and there were some shots where... If she was dry and some she was not. (laughs) And this, too, I think is where Scarlett Johansson has the experience in doing the action. Whether she's playing Black Widow uh, in a tightly, you know, skin suit. Whether she's playing Lucy, which you can't take away as as dumb as Lucy is. Like, her actions... She can handle a gun and she can handle action. Oh, she definitely she had the can, physical physicality the physi- of fighting and so. the training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to to ensure that it gets pulled off correctly, uh, you can't take that away from her in this movie. Um, yeah, I thought she was, you know, really really done well. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, shall we take a look at the quick video, um, the deep dive? Yeah, the deep dive. Deep I dive. think I, I hope people like this. I, I was fascinated by it because I learned a couple of things, and you'll see Rupert Sanders. Uh, you'll, you'll see his affection for anime as well. So this is uh, this is from the New York Times. New York Times. Yep. New York Times of all things. All right. So uh, play it whenever you want, Anthony. Here we go. Hi, my name is Rupert Sanders, director of Ghost in the Shell. This scene is where Scarlett Johansson, who plays the major, is trying to deep dive, go inside the memory of a geisha robot who's been hacked. 
She that was designed by Weta, by the way. With Batu, played by Pilu Azbek. And he is readying the droid now for her to deep dive. It's a Pilu. dangerous process. <laughs> and he's about to insert the cable into her. I used uh, a lot in. of mannequins of Major <laughs> so I could, I could insert things in her neck ports and it felt believable. We used a 21mm lens to get this kind of anime frame, which is really the force perspective with Major huge in the foreground and Batu small in the background. Young Darlin has these beautiful robotic eyes that were a practical build by Weta and then digitally augmented. I wanted to try and do as much stuff in I camera as possible with Ghost in the Shell, so there's very little full visual effects. A lot of it is done uh, practically, um, like all of this set. Consent required for data download. My name is Major Mira Killian and I give my consent. We're seeing the data traveling into the Geisha bot and she's about to fall into what I tried to make an organic space. I didn't want it just to be zeros and ones. I wanted to have a, an organic um, nature to the, the departure from the original. as she right. goes into the technological memory. Get out. So everything kind of breaks yeah. down into its, Literally its, going into its the data particles. It's kind of three-dimensional pixels. Uh, awesome in 3D. walking into um, a nightclub set that we built in New Zealand in Peter Jackson's hometown. Um, and here she's in a world of unstable data memory where events are frozen in time but they're unstable so they're gradually eroding and she's looking for this geisha who was abducted and taken by the villain of the piece played by Michael Pitt where she is turned into a, uh, a sleeper cell hacking droid so her kind of subservient nature is, is changed she's got a soothing voice I, I did like yeah, the, Scarlet's the back of looks blue, amazing. Though, she really worked hard to get in the shape of the major. You know, she, she really real took life. on the body of, of uh, very the far from, from the, the warm anime. And she's moving now towards uh, Kuze, is the villain's name, as he uh, installs the hacking device that will cerebrally kidnap data from a businessman. She's then flung back Wait into an know. agitated pile of data, which I wanted to make, again, human agitated and organic. So we used 50 stuntmen, all covered in uh, black goop, and <laughs> had to grab her and pull her down. And while Major's being attacked and hacked by the data down below, she's being highly agitated up at the top. And so we got her out. That's a, I mean, it's a, it's a really great scene, um, and it's... Uh, it was cool. Like it, it, what I appreciated when I first watched it was like, okay, I wanted the force perspective of the anime panel, and you, you get the, you know the practicality. I, I had no idea mm-hmm. that that was probably a mask over that other doctor's face and the three D effect. And <clears throat> when her falling down again, I was like, when you watch that in three D and the Matrix kind of stuff was coming up at you it was it was it was really it was great it was amazing yeah and the interesting thing with the the deep dive um when they were filming it they used a a 150 camera dslr rig (laughs) to use to capture the the cg version of the actor of the actors being frozen in mid-movement in the back so that's how you you kind of got that that static um of everyone just standing there um i thought that was interesting to to translate to a data digital Mm -hmm. Look and how it looked like sand, mm-hmm. you know, as mm-hmm. they were dissolving. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh, 
yeah, that was cool. Yeah, there were so many VFX shots in, in yeah. this film. You had uh, the VFX supervisor Arundi Asregado and Axel Bonami completed more than a thousand shots for this film. And that's a lot. That's and, a lot of shots. And for the sh- shorter type of sci-fi film. Yeah. That's a lot of shots. Lot. I mean, uh, <clears throat> my, my frame reference is always uh, Lord of the Rings. The third one, I think, had uh, 1,800. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's like a 12-hour movie. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. It's more like three. Okay, but sure. nonetheless. No. <laughs> Point well taken. No, it's... You know, and I was thinking about this because the other great movie in 3D, you had mentioned it earlier, was Doctor Strange. And I was trying to think, which one did I... Visual from a visual effects perspective, which one did I enjoy more? And for me, well, number one, they were both beautiful in 3D. Um, you know, but this one sort of, I don't know, I guess it has sort of an edge for me because of its color palette. You mentioned the blue. Yeah. Uh, when you're going through uh, uh, Newport City there, the fish. <laughs> Like all of the things that you could look the at, jellyfish. The, the jellyfish, which is, I mean, it was beautiful, and and again, they they really took their time with this 3D conversion to ensure that uh, that it looked fantastic, and it did, it did, it was beautiful. It, it certainly did. We, we talked about the colors, but uh, yeah, they created a palette of 32 colors just for the city lights alone. And they well, and then this company MPC. Um, which is a which is a Technicolor company. I only know that because I used to work at Technicolor. But they made uh, what they call 372 what they call solograms, which is a like a all that holographic stuff that we were just talking about. 372. I only counted 360. So I, <laughs> but uh, give or take, <laughs> give or take. No, but that's I mean, and again, yes, you can compare it to Blade Runner. I'm never Douglas Trumbull, uh, uh, Sid Mead, like the effects in Blade Runner are to this day, they still hold up. <clears throat> but you see where technology has taken and, and is gone, and the worlds that you can sort of kind of create uh, now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they, they really did create a ghost in the shell world that, that, that was vibrant enough and really popped off screen. Yeah, this is where I felt like <clears throat> it looked like Coruscant. You know, when you saw yes, all the yeah, holograms yeah, yeah. outside um, outside the buildings and the different colors, it was pretty much the same color yeah, palette absolutely. as Coruscant in Star Wars. Yeah. And not that I mind it because Coruscant is a pretty cool city to look at as well but um i i did like all the different holograms outside the buildings because you can easily distinguish you know Mm -hmm. the personality of the the city itself but that's where the volumetric programming came in glad i wasn't the only one that thought coruscant yeah (laughs) you know because you know because it so truly was (laughs) it really was and and again i've done the star tours right enough where i've gotten that adventure as part of the ride and I was like, oh, I bet you somebody did that right a couple of times, too, and <laughs> was inspired. Yeah. But it looked great. Absolutely. Well, for me, it just reminded me of New York City Times Square, because that, that place right. is just turning uh, into that type, type yeah. of advertising. Yeah, and, um, you know, I've never been to Tokyo. I would love to go, but from what I understand, that that has its own electricity uh, in downtown, too. So, yeah. I yeah. can only imagine. I've never been there either. Yeah. But. One more thing that uh, what I thought was interesting, the, the whole spider tank battle. Yeah. Like, people 
wouldn't know, but most of that's all CG. Really? Yeah, the actual environment. The the fully digital environment was partially recreated using <clears throat> 2D elements that were actually filmed at Hong Kong. Really? So they, there was only a few things that were actually real, but the rest is pretty wow. much. No, I wouldn't have known. You wouldn't know. No. Nope. Yeah. But you had to tell us, yeah. didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah. You ruined the magic. It's no. the movie magic. So yeah, <laughs> they they filmed they filmed some uh, architectures, you know, right. in Hong Kong. But that was pretty much the only real thing part of. They the shot team. like two thousand yeah plates. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, two years passed from the day they went to Hong Kong, where uh, he snapped, Hall snapped two thousand reference pictures for the film to the final days of photography. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. Yeah. So yeah. a good thing that good thing that it's all digital now and that there isn't film. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. Um we always love to talk about music and I want to talk about Clint Mansell was uh, one of the composers for this and he always does really well. So I was excited to you know to to see what they came up with. Um Lauren ba- Balf mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing it right. Um he was the other composer on this and I I thought the two of them did a really good job. Um, I had seen Ghost in the Shell, the 90s version, after I'd seen this one. So I couldn't quite make the comparison because I don't, you know, it's always tough to remember the newer one. Right. Um, but yeah, I, so I can't necessarily speak to how much homage they paid to it necessarily. But I thought, I, I just remember the score being good. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. My only disappointment is is that I cannot find it. Like, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Apple Available. Music sub- subscriber, and I go to iTunes daily. Um, you know, I actually was at WonderCon, and, you know, you wouldn't be so surprised to know that I bought soundtracks. Um, and I was looking for this soundtrack. I wanted to listen to it um, out in my backyard, cooking dinner. I wanted to come up, uh, driving up here, I wanted to listen to it. And I, it's not available. And I'm like... What the hell? <laughs> like, why not? I mean, I, I would like to delve deeper into the soundtrack, but I, because I remember liking it, uh, you picked the you picked the music that we are that we opened with, and yeah, that's um, the soundtrack that's available on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it as well. Uh, I would just like to dive into it more and listen to it deep as dive. a whole deep dive deep I'd like dive to deep into dive the music. into the music more. Well, what I remember most is actually the trailer music because it watching the trailer and we'll get into promotion but watching the trailer for me like it set up this film more as a thriller rather than a sci-fi because mm-hmm. of the music yeah. um, I thought the music was more foreboding Mm-hmm. Um, and while you're listening to it, there there was some uh, instrumental orchestral in it, but also I, th- I think Choir. it had the the mix of you know electronics like synthesizers, and um, so you got that perfect blend of you know actual original orchestral sure. with electronic. Yeah, which this it was film a blend. is. Yeah, this yeah. film is very much that. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. so I, I was excited to uh, to listen to the yeah, Clint Mansell. Is, he's a favorite of mine. Yeah, same here. And, and damn it, whoever has these rights, just put it out already. Like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> just put it out. And then they don't want controversy. <laughs> yeah. God forbid. Controversy in the music. Yeah, you can't, uh, I, you I don't can't know. fuse orientation music. Well, I don't know about. Uh, Lauren, but Clint, I mean, he's what? So maybe yeah. they're like, oh, but I don't know. Mm. Who the hell knows? Um, all right. 
the moment we've been waiting for. Are we going to get into this now, or are we going to get into reception? Uh, are we going to talk controversy and then how? It I think possibly, we go hand I think it's hand. part and yeah. parcel. Yeah, I think. Let's I, talk about the. Well, we're starting. Well, let's start with promotion think. because promotion is what kicks all of this off. Sure. Um, and I guess you could say, like, even though it's not technically a hundred percent promotion, but when when a movie casts um, an actor, it puts out whether in variety, deadline, whatever, into the trades. That hey, here's this announcement. That here's the person that got cast. So yes, yeah, so it was a little bit of part of promotion. And oh boy, yeah. did the internet start bad? Yeah, uh, it did. It started against this movie right from the get go. Yep, they hated this movie because um, of whitewashing. Yeah, uh, I don't know who wants to start. I have a whole thing. Let me go last because yeah. Yeah, All right. I so mean, because throw... you're right. It does go hand in hand. I, I, you, you're okay. correct, Marissa. Mm-hmm. It I'll, goes hand in hand. I'll, I'll start here and then, again, just interject as you guys feel necessary. Um, this was about a year ago. Um, Max Landis, who's written... Um, John Landis's son. John Landis's son. He's written uh, a couple of things. Uh, what's the What's the movie where they Chronicle? Chronicle. Chronicle. That's it. And uh, he did American Ultra as well. Um, but he did a video and I don't think he's really helping the cause unfortunately but he went and he explained that um, uh, that there are no marketable Asian actresses and therefore that's what um, was the problem and that people need to understand Hollywood Uh, whitewashing is not the but this is the part that I do like whitewashing is not the fault of the movie industry really uh, it's culture and movies getting more afraid that movies will make less and less money. Um, you know, it's it's. We've talked about this point hmm. on this show. Uh, I'm not going to give an opinion, here, but we've talked about this point. Uh, very, the three of us. We have, and how it is a it is a it, it, it there's a business to be thought of now. Whether you want to paint business as the bad guy. Uh, whatever. I'm not going to get into that philosophical debate, but we talked about again st- strategy and casting. Um, so, and, and it happens in every single movie. You, they have to mitigate a risk, for, especially for these high cost movies. Who are you going to put in here that the people genuinely like? Um, and we talked about it at the top of the show when you have a Scarlett Johansson who's already a proven track record. Okay, history. I mean, you're playing, you're playing stats, you're playing numbers, and she's had a history of of being and turning movies that are crap into blockbuster type movies. Lucy. Okay, so I understand that casting and what Max is saying. Um, so, was there more? Did he have more? No, to that, say, that was or? it from him overall. I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like the movie that we particularly talked about, this was with the Great Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was mention. a little bit easier to stand behind. <clears throat> and then this one, I mean, that one was written for an American to enter within the Chinese culture. This is a little bit different, where where they switched up who it was, which I'm not against necessarily. Um, but, I just do think it's a slippery slope. But did they switch up who it was? I just watched the anime, right? And I look at that character. She is a shell. She doesn't know whether or not she's human. No. We don't know what humanity she was prior to her being a shell in the movie. It, so here's... Um, there, there's two uh, critics, um, and what are the names? What are the hell the names? 
Um, I, uh, it's um, it's Justin something, and um, I forget who else. Why didn't I write down their names? But they 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 do a video and they argue back and forth. They're they're both Asian film critics, sure. and they argue back and forth. Um, one of the things in particular that I pulled was the fact that okay, by having her. The, the the part that I disagree with, they, they they made this assumption that by you know the shell being an American woman, that's sort of what what outer beauty represents, um, and so that was their big argument was that it's supposed to be white, that outer beauty can only mm-hmm. be white, um, and they go on to kind of talk about this at length. Again, I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, what was her shell in the anime, though, as well? She looks similar to the anime version. If you put her live-action mugshot next to the anime version mugshot... This is true. Like, I, I, I do laugh about well. that because I'm like, she doesn't look that much different. She doesn't look that much different. So, But I think that's also why people are getting upset because, again, I didn't watch the anime, but I mm-hmm. saw some photos, and the anime, it's a very white-colored palette mm-hmm. character. We um, had a, there was a, we had a picture. Yeah, we had, we had a, a photo. Yeah, a but I think people are more getting upset to the fact that this is yet another role that could have possibly gone to an Asian, but it was portrayed by a Caucasian American woman. Mm-hmm. And, well, let's shift. The, uh, I'll, I'll let you speak, and I apologize for jumping. Mm-hmm. But what if we just switch the conversation, and a woman got a, a lead role in a fucking action movie? I, well, I have, that'd be no, people more no, happier. No, 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 no. I, Marissa, I know you, you're. No, I think I. I want to hear the rest of your point because I know you were. I'm trying to you, remember what my point was. I'm sorry, no. I jumped right in there. Uh, well, I, I think it's like, and I can understand, and like, yeah, it is frustrating again, just being an Asian woman because I, I'm always preaching. It's like we should see more Asians in, you know, in bigger roles, and especially if um, Hollywood wants to, you know, progress. Give more opportunities. This is this. I feel was a missed opportunity. It could have gone to an Asian, um, but again, I'm trying to think of other Asians who could have fit this role, who would have been strong enough to fit this character. Yes, like yes, yeah, Scarlett fit the age range and the physicality. I mean, Mignon's a great actress, but I don't think she fits the physicality and the I, role like, I need to and talk the age. About her, actually. Um, like there there are a lot of Asian actresses that have become successful. You know, Lucy Liu, you know that I can name a few, but just trying to think this could have been a good opportunity to have given it to someone of a like of Asian descent and give them a role to shine. And they didn't because they went with a more noticeable name a more bookable and or bankable and i think that's where the industry the money the business aspect completely made this controversy out of it yeah i i think look you were talking about some other actresses um you know you could have picked the woman that was most recently in the great wall uh in king kong she was great okay. yeah king kong. you could have picked a wrinkle uh, Kikuchi, who is in Pacific Rim, who mm-hmm. I really uh, like a lot. I just don't understand why the shell needs to be anything because it is supposed to be identity-less. I mean, that's the that's the point of this telling of Ghost in the Shell. Not necessarily the anime version, but this telling of Ghost in the Shell. So, my whole thoughts about this is I am with you, and I think we are all in agreement. I'm definitely for, if you've watched this show, I 
women pay and equality, more great, more more deeper um, meaning reaching women's roles, um, I think that they can, you know, they can easily play off in action, be heroes, be, you know, they don't necessarily always have to be a damsel in distress, the equal pay. I'm all for it. As far as nationalities, sure. You know, I'm all for, you know, if the rule demands it, you know, you can get a good, strong Asian actor in there, right? I get it. I do. I do. I do. My problem is, I think, is that part of it is, is that as a society today, I think we become a very reactionary society. And by that, it's a society that reacts without knowing full knowledge of what they're reacting to, but we just want to react, okay? And not just in the movies. There are, there are two prime examples. Uh, I'm going to bring this into movies, and I want you to chime in, but uh, I've been a victim of it. I was a victim of it this week. I was in a really serious car accident earlier uh, this week, right? And the sweet irony of it all is when I was merging onto a highway, I saw a person next to me, and that person uh, was of an ethnic background, right? Was reading his phone, reading his phone, and I purposely said, I gotta get away from him because he's gonna cause an accident that I don't wanna be around in. So I went up a little further, I merged. We came because it's LA, it was traffic, came to a dead stop, and I wasn't stopped for more than three to five seconds, and I got plowed into. So hard that not only did I hit the car in front of me, the person who hit me's license plate imprinted on my bumper, okay? I looked in my rearview mirror, and lo and behold, it was that person not paying attention, reading his phone. I got out, and I was like, dude, you better have been solving world peace with that text because, like, this is ridiculous. Like, I saw you on the phone. A woman was driving by, not even close to it. She started yelling at me. Of the same ethnicity, we'll say. And she goes, what are you yelling at him for? I said, because he was reading his phone, not paying attention, and hit me. I was the one that was hit. She goes, you didn't know that. And here is a woman who is, she reacted without knowing the full story. She just reacted. She just thought I was yelling to be, and I'm like, no, that's not what happened. I said, I had some choice words, told her to go on her way. Another story, United Airlines recently made the news, right? Right, Because some woman reacted to something that she said, I'm going to be a hero. This flight attendant treated these two girls because they're wearing leggings, and she told them that that they have to change. And this made all the news, all the news. United Airlines took shit. This flight attendant took shit. But what came out later on, and was in very fine print, that these two girls were, 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 were flying for free. They were deadheading because one of their parents is a, an employee of United Airlines, right? And airlines as a whole, it's a great perk if you work for an airline that you get to fly for free. But each airline, they, have, they all have a dress code. If you're going to fly for free, uh, if you're an employee, some airlines make them wear their uniform to fly for free, and their friends and family also have collared shirt, jeans, mm-hmm. whatever. They didn't adhere to that rule. So this flight attendant was just ad- adhering to the rule. She wasn't doing anything wrong. These were, we don't know that. So this woman who tweeted this out and took a video of it, she just reacted without knowing the full deal. And look what happened, right? So now we go to the movies, the same thing. We talked about The Great Wall. When Matt Damon gets cast... There, it's like, oh my God, whitewashing, whitewashing, whitewashing. But you haven't read the script. You don't know why he was cast. And then you come to find out it's because he's from he's a mercenary, right? So now going into Ghost in the Shell, you talked about uh, 
Ming, um, uh, yeah, Ming Na Wen, right? Now she tweeted. She tweeted nothing out, and, and, and I'm and I'm and I'm uh, and she's a very well respected actress. I love her. Right? She's amazing. She's amazing, right? Longevity. Oh yeah, right? longevity. She is a woman that I believe should be looked up to by all other girls who might want to get into the profession. She's a leader of, of the Asian community, and if you're an Asian girl who wants to be an actress, she has proven it. She's, been, she's had longevity. Fantastic career. She continues. She's part of the Disney family, the Marvel family. We know her as the voice of Mulan, and she's Agent May in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. right? She loves the fandom. She respects it. I get that. I love that. I follow her on Twitter, right? And, and, and I love when she goes to these conventions and meets with the fans. She's great. But she did send out a tweet. That And I quote, nothing against Scarlett Johansson. In fact, I'm a big fan, but everything against this whitewashing of an Asian role, angry, sad face emoji. Well, look, first off, if you're trying to make a point, try not to use an emoji. You made your point. I get it. And here's the thing. It got 12,000 retweets, 14,000 likes. And that was at the time. That's a lot, right? I mm-hmm. mean, are we in agreement? That's a lot. Now, here's the thing. It was tweeted out at 8.05 a.m. on April 14, 2016. That's a year before this movie comes out. A year before the movie even came out. I'm willing to bet my annual salary here to say she hadn't read the script. She didn't see a casting sheet that had a very multicultural, I thought, Casting, probably one of the most that we've seen this year alone. It, it, it did showcase a woman who, who uh, a good female role-driven character, but it had multi-racial roles throughout. It was a multicultural society. She didn't see that. She hadn't seen the movie. We know that for a fact. So, okay, you want to make the thing for whitewashing? I don't think it's so much. I just think people react very without having all the facts. And I'm only asking that, you know, nobody nobody questions Scorsese when he 100% whitewashed Infernal Affairs, which is so Asian. And then he made The Departed. I'm not picking on The Departed. I'm just using it to sort of kind of make a point. You might be able to follow that through line. But nobody, nobody faulted him for not hiring an Asian in what was Asian-born. Okay? So... I'm just saying, be reactionary, fight the cause, but just be better informed and don't be so quick to jump and being so reactionary because someone or somebody is really going to get hurt. And Paramount, (laughs) we can talk marketing, they actually even said that all of this controversy had a hand in its poor box office results. And then they went on to say, well, and the bad reviews didn't help. But how are you going to get any other kind of reviews with this huge cloud? And you've already tainted your subjects, your your critics, the people who are going to go. They're already going in with an axe to grind against the movie. And if they can't find whitewashing, they're going to pick other reasons to hate it. And Paramount should have really cut this off from the past. They should have said, you know what? The movie's going to come out in about a year. Okay? Trust us. We, you know, we're put together, we have faith in our cast and crew, and we think we're going to put together a movie that, you, that you're going to like, and just give us the chance to show that and prove that to you, 
But they did none of that. Instead, they were stupid. They said things, oh, well, we hired a Japanese actress. Wrong thing to say, mm-hmm. okay? Or, 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 or we took the time to try to make Scarlett Johansson look more Asian. I'm like, yeah, who that's is allowing this to come out? I think that that's, was the worst. Yeah, that that's like, what set a lot of people off, too. Right, you know, well, like, because of this already... <laughs> brewing controversy you know paramount and dreamer commissioned visual effects tests just to make scarlett johansson appear quote-unquote appear more asian like changing colors tone and color skin yeah no you're not you're not fixing the problem no you're trying to like put a band-aid on him but no you've already started and whoever allowed that that's when they were aware like oh we made a big mistake maybe we can fix it a little bit by changing it whoever make it tolerable no that that marketing person should be fired and whoever let that out like couldn't read it and already know that that is an issue like there were so many other ways that paramount could have done that look jim giannopoulos as of one Greek to another, you're taking the reins of Paramount. Please bring it back to the legendary status that Paramount is, because they surely need fixing. You're the man to do it. They needed help, and they let this movie twist in the wind, and they didn't well, they, help the cause. Uh, uh, one thing that wasn't, uh, in terms of marketing campaigns, that wasn't so wildly radical, but unfortunately was taken to such an extreme, was um, the hashtag I am major campaign, where people could sort of upload their face with the hashtag I am major but people were like hashtag I am major even though I am white and that it just thousands of these things kept going out and it was it was just bad again that I didn't see as a bad effort on their part but it, it just it but just they, didn't help but they didn't recognize they didn't recognize the problem you yeah. can, how can you recognize a problem when you put out a press release that says well we hired a Japanese actress and 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 People don't even know where that person was in the movie. In number two, like, yeah, point them out, please. They, they, they. You know, when you say, "Well, our special effects team is trying to make her look more Asian," uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, that's that's wrong. And then, even the creator of the anime comic was on board with this. Some Asian fans, they they understand, like you know, they they. It, it it blew up into this thing, and it and it was so. For me, it's tragic that this movie befell that because it was such a hard. I don't know about you, folks. For me, it was hard to do research and not get around this. No matter what parameters I would put into no, whatever, yeah, there was no getting around. You it. just couldn't mm. find like solid interviews about. Like you did great with the special effects, and you can find like visual, but it was so hard to find that. To have honest discussion about this. Well, even movie. then, it was like, okay, oh, and they, by the way, they tried to white when they tried to make her Asian. <laughs> right. It's, you can't. Even that uh, just, like, that just you know, here's the salt into that wound. Right? Honestly. There's a Care 2 petition against the film, and it's titled DreamWorks Stop Whitewashing Asian Characters that has over 100,000 signatures. Now, the irony is, it's not just fucking DreamWorks if you want to, like, if you really think there's a problem. It's not just with DreamWorks. And you got to remember, like, DreamWorks actually has a really great working relationship with the Asian culture. Like, hello, Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) 
I mean, no, seriously, like no, that whole right. franchise. We talked about it in an anatomy movie. Like that whole franchise works with you, you know the the Asian culture, and right. they actually show it in a positive light. Like, and yeah, it's unfortunate it Dream didn't really animation. work. Yeah, right. it, but like DreamWorks, the, the whole company in it, like the umbrella, has a good right. working relationship with Asians. Unfortunately, it didn't work with well in this film. Yeah, and but that's a- not to say they don't respect the Asian culture. Right, and the other irony about all of this too and it's the same that goes for the great wall is both movies were heavily asian funded yeah. all right both movies a lot of money went into the production to pay for this budget out of the movie obviously the people who paid like the people who were pouring money into the budget to, to give us this great um visual effects you know some great, you know, scenery and visual effects. It was all up on screen. They didn't appear to have a problem because they, you know, they 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 put their money to where their mouth was to take this risk of making a film. And you know, look at this movie was released on March thirty first. At you said a price tag of one hundred and ten million dollars. When you add in for whatever the hard drives, advertising, trailering, advertising. You're looking at close to $200 million. You're looking from 150 180 maybe $190. Um, and that's a guesstimate. But when you've only amassed, as of April 6th, $24 million, your opening weekend gross uh, was, was, was sort of, it was 18 It didn't even hit 20 I mean, when, when a movie like Lucy makes more money, but Lucy didn't have the controversy. As stupid as it was, it didn't have, make the controversy, and it came in number three at 3,440 locations. Well, t- take this for what it's worth. Um, screen Engine slash Comscore's uh, post-track audience polls show that Asian Americans bought tickets to watch Ghost and even enjoyed the film. They wrapped 13% of Ghost's audience on par with... Demos turnout for Arrival, which was about 14%, um, totaling for 24 mi- million uh, passengers at 12%, which is 14.9. Um, and uh, the return of Xander Cage, which is f- uh, 14%. The latter, which featured several Asian Americans, including Donnie Yen and Wu uh, Yifen. 0% gave Ghost a poor rating of the Asian Americans who watched. Ghost 93% gave it good, very good, or excellent rating, which isn't that far off from Caucasians Hispanics. Um, and that's all I have in terms of that from them. Yeah. Yeah. So, but also, like, if you watch this film, it's not like it's showing the Asian culture in a bad light either. I mean, it, it's, it's not stereotypical. It shows, yeah, it no. shows the environment. I mean, we we got a pretty scope of the culture and the, and the people and what they do. And I don't think like it's not like they went into the country just to like destroy it or right. destroy the people or talk bad about them right. or treat them badly it's like it's not bashing of the culture in any shape or form whitewashing is 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 hiring mickey rooney to play an asian landlord oh my god in breakfast at tiffany honestly i'm more upset at that character acting than i was in this film right so now granted that the movie that movie's 30 40 years old i get it look i I just think that a lot of this was reactionary when you when you look at the cast and when you look at a cast breakdown of this movie, it is multicultural, multinational, from all all sorts of from all walks of, of this world. Um, and you know, I don't think it disrespected anybody. And since they changed the story, and again, when I'm watching the anime, I'm like looking at that character going, 
Well, I can't definitely put my finger on the fact that she's an Asian shell as opposed to when I put anime and live action together. So uh, it's, 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 it's very sad because that movement, that controversy toppled uh, a studio's $110 million movie, which isn't a bad movie. And it deserved a better life and treatment than what it's getting. It's not even at seventy-four million because it made fifty million worldwide. We'll see what some of that foreign money uh, brings in as as its run continues. But they say that Paramounts can lose well, up to sixty million. Well, I'll even say this: it gets worse. This is according to IGM. The buying mm-hmm. of Ghost in the Shell arrives at an awful time for Paramount in the wake of its one billion dollar slate financing deal with Shanghai Film Group and. Uh, Hua uh, Media going south, coupled with the fact that um, anyway, um, so basically, like they're working with these Asian companies for more movies. When this is one of the first movies that you start with, it's not a good sign. It's not a good start. Now, and studios now um, are, are more and more taking and offsetting their budgets with. Like Alibaba, who has a really big stake, or the, uh, the Wanda Group has a really big stake in American cinema. They own AMC theaters, so they're globally. AMC is like the largest theater chain in the world. Uh, Alibaba, which 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 also contributes into into uh, uh, into production, I believe. Please, if I'm wrong, my apologies. Uh, you can fact check me, please. But I believe Alibaba has a stake in legendary films. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of Asian money because they like what we export as far as movie entertainment. And in China, um, they're, they're, the barriers are starting to break down because China now is... is, is the reason why our movies didn't really have a good release in China is because they're one of the most pirated territories in the entire world, and we didn't like to send our movies over there for that reason, but they've started to come down harsher on the people who are doing that, so they're allowing this export to come in, and they're giving money, but when a movie like The Great Wall, which is the largest collaboration, we talked about that here, mm-hmm. and now know. a movie like Ghost in the Shell come out, listen, Movies like this need money, you know. I mean, I love independent film, right? But if your goal was to turn Ghost into a sh- in, into the shell as as a, as an art independent release, you know, w- what's your audience there? It's it's tough when controversy can really ruin what's really not a bad movie, you know. At its core, it's not, I've seen worse. I've seen worse. I've seen worse this uh, year. And I've seen worse that has made a hell of a lot more money than this has. It deserved a fighting chance, but uh, once you get that cloud over, it's hard to convince a critic sometimes. You know, they were, so. The world was poisoned before they even, oh, this yeah, movie yeah, yeah. came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's a good one. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, like you know what, analogy. this is, I, I pose a challenge, right? And, and this is sort of the good news for you, maybe, Dimitri. Um, uh, publisher... Kodansha and Japanese headquartered animation company Production IG are working on new animated production um, for Ghost in the Shell. So new movie. Yeah, I in read this that. Realm. Sure. Um, so at least it's it can continue in that way. And the challenge, if you actually want these types of movies, support that movie. Support it. Because mm-hmm. now that's all we got. Yep. 
in terms of Ghost in the Shell yeah. for right now. Yeah, we're not going to get any more. And that sort of bummed me out uh, that, that, that night when I was thinking about the movie. And, and I enjoyed it. And I had this good time. It was a good movie to see on the big screen. And I was like going, you know, they were just getting, they got into this groove that I wanted to see the further adventures. And I wanted to see this character be explored more because there are so many paths that you can go to. And sadly, it's, it, it's not going to happen. The other thing, too, sadly, you know, Scarlett Johansson took a lot of flack, almost as if it were her fault for, for, for accepting the job or for, or for actually being thought of yeah. to take the job. Uh, that's just not right. It really is not right. She really, you know, in my, in whatever my opinion is worth, I, I, I think she did a really good job. I think she was, I think she was rightly cast. I'm glad that the director stuck up for her and I'm glad she stuck up for herself. Um, you know, and she didn't do it with any vehemence. She, she, she did it with an understanding. And as being a female, uh, being a woman actor herself who's had longevity, okay? Mm-hmm. She has had longevity in the business. And being a, a, a woman actor, female, or an actress in which she too will have to fight for roles, right? You know, I, I, I applaud her. Um, it's not her fault. And, uh, you know, don't, 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 it's not her fault. She, she 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 was hired and she gladly accepted the challenge uh, of taking on this role. So she's no Kendall Jenner. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, I think that's. A, the, you I can't mean, believe he went there. He, he, no, he did. Yeah. <laughs> no, because guess what? I what a, yeah, I mean, no, you're yeah. That's no, fair. Well, yeah, no, it, it, uh, yeah. Well, what can I say after that? <laughs> Just saying. I, and I That's do, a very conscious decision to know what the hell you're getting into. I did like like some of the marketing campaigns, some of the print ads. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. On this. It looked cool. The trailer, I was like, yeah, I would watch this yeah. one. You know, yeah. one thing in the movie I wish they explained a little bit more was her whole camo thing. Like, they, they explained mm-hmm. it more in the anime. Yeah. I wanted a little bit like, okay, well, what is this? But the when she like does that nesty plunge off the building, yeah. oh, that was it, it was cool. Aw, it was so cool, you know. Uh, yeah, it's there's enough coolness in this movie that the geek and nerd in you, you should enjoy this movie. Um, I think you know, try to set the controversy aside. Who knows? Maybe in five, ten years. Maybe people will find it. Maybe they'll want to watch it on home entertainment or in streaming or something. And maybe it'll have another life. I don't know. Maybe. We'll find out. In a different shell. Ah, Um, hey, 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 in a different shell. (laughs) All righty. Why don't we uh, take it home? Uh, Final thoughts, Marissa. Overall, like, visually, if you want to see a fun, entertaining, fast, visually, you know, um, beautiful film... Go watch this. And it's not a, a terrible story. It's, it's It has fun references and, you know, odes to a lot of other films um, that I think any sci-fi fan can watch. Just put your put the controversy aside and you might actually enjoy this film. Yeah. A shot of nothing else. Yeah. yeah. I agree. If you're watching this, this means you've already seen the movie. Um, would love to hear your comments. Um on this, and, and if you plan on seeing it, come back. I mean, I definitely want to know uh, what people are thinking, obviously. We've been having some really good feedback uh, from, from people uh, online, and, you know, I think this is a movie outside of its controversy. Did you just like it? Did you have a good time? Were you entertained for the hour and 40 minutes that this played out on the big screen for you? Did you walk out going, wow, that, that, that was 
that was a good popcorn movie. I had my bucket of popcorn, my Coke, and I was, because uh, we don't drink Pepsi anymore. Uh, no, um, so, yeah, like, let us know. Because nice. I know I certainly did more so than I thought I was going to. Uh, I'll say that, you know, I, people just, I think people like too much controversy. Uh, the whole gay thing with Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Dear Lord, um, are, you're not upset that there's no French people in Beauty and the Beast? Come on, that's a French story. Um, what else? I, just all these things. Yeah, like, we just talked about that too. Yeah, we did. Everyone just relax a little bit. Yeah, you gotta calm the fuck down. <laughs> just a Get little. Get a fucking life. <laughs> calm the Isn't fuck down. Isn't there other down. shit to deal with yes. in your own life? Yeah, well, but just, like, just. Just be a little more educated upon things, and 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 don't react with an don't don't come up with an opinion that's reactionary. Give it time to settle and, and figure out. Get all the facts um, before you do. And hey, whether you like or dislike the movie, that's a completely different thing. You could come out controversy aside. You could have thought that this was the biggest stinking pile of poo that you've seen in 2017 thus far. But that's different from you know. Don't let something else taint your opinion on you know something where you otherwise might have a good time yeah, so so there you have it uh thank you guys for joining us as, as always um it, it was it's always a pleasure discussing the movie with you guys and certainly um with you at home reading the comments and interacting there um very fun um at dmovie1701 yeah and follow me and you know I, I saw this on another popcorn talk network thing and i guess it's sort of kind of cool i don't utilize it all that much but if you follow me on twitter i'll follow you back and then you can dm me which is direct message me and tell me in private how much i suck so, <laughs> so there you go good to know at uh, dmovies1701 at seraphini tv that's right um, and definitely check out our other anatomies. We've done Kong Skull Island. We've done Beauty and the Beast, the new one. Uh, the old one. The, the old musical. One. We've done so many. Life. And we've done Kung Fu Panda and Pacific Rim. All the, the, oh, yeah. That was my first, first one. films that we've, we've done. Played. Lucy. Yeah, we've, we've done, done Lucy. Lucy. We've uh, done, under, we've the done under the Skin. <laughs> we've done Under the Skin. Uh, coming up, we've, cer- we've certainly got uh, uh, The Fate of the Fear. The, the, the Fate of the A. Whatever the hell. The, the Furious. We've got that coming up. We've got a lot of Marvel movies coming out. So I'm sure we'll see Scarlett Johansson in those. Um, plenty to watch. Plenty to check back in with us on so uh keep tuning back in very excited um so thanks folks. <laughs> thank you as right, always bye. i'll see you next time Phil Svitek and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff. We would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie.